Thank you for joining the Inside Tailgating Podcast. Before we get started, let me tell you about the American Cornhole League. The American Cornhole League promotes and develops cornhole as a sport on every level. Get involved in local leagues and tournaments to qualify for the $50,000 championship of bags at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort, July 21st through the 24th. College students can register now for the first ever College Cornhole Cup on April 23rd at UNC Wilmington. For more information, visit iplaycornhole.com. Get in where you fit in and throw it down. We're about to get it in. Barbecue, charcoal, biscuits, and ice. I got my lawn chairs ready. The weather was quite nice. We're about to tailgate shade. I'm ready. Are you ready? Tailgate shade. I'm ready. Are you ready? Get it in. Get it in. We're about to get it in. Get it in. Get it in. We're about to get it in. Get it in. Get it in. We're about to get it in. Get it in. Go ahead and tailgate. And welcome to the Inside Tailgating Podcast brought to you by the American Cornhole League. Ryan Alessio with you. Coming up in just a little bit, I'm going to be joined by Dan Coulter, NHL expert, enthusiast, writer, all that good stuff. And he is also about the magic, the gathering life, and the phenomenon that has taken over. So we'll discuss that and what good drinks you can have while playing long card games. So we'll do that a little bit later on. But first, let's start with the In Case You Missed It if you check out InsideTailgating.com, uh, last week was the Kentucky Derby, and we have a lot of good articles about partying for the Kentucky Derby and tailgating at a horse track, uh, different drinks you can make to feel real cool. And, you know, it's the Kentucky Derby, so you kind of you put your best foot forward, you got your hat on, all, the, all those good things. So we got plenty of articles about that. Also, make sure you check out InsideTailgating.com. We have plenty of gear for the upcoming tailgating season. And I understand, you know, it's only mid-May right now. But in the next couple months, you're going to want to be thinking about getting your football tailgating stuff together. And if you check out InsideTailgating.com, no reason to wait till last minute to maybe purchase some great items or get great tips and tricks on how to make your tailgating experience way better than last year. So make sure you check it out on InsideTailgating.com. And coming back at you here in just a minute or so, and we're going to talk to Dan Coulter about the NHL playoffs and Magic the Gathering. It's Inside Tailgating Podcast. All right, picture this. You're laying on your chase lounge in the sun. You're comfortable. It's peaceful. Completely relaxed. And it happens. Your cell phone rings. You grab your suit, lean up, reach under your chair where everything is stashed, and you start digging around for your phone, and suddenly you knocked over your drink you forgot was even under there. And then, suddenly... Relaxing is not so relaxing. Well, say hello to Shade Pop, an 18-inch umbrella that attaches to the side of your table using magnets, keeping all of your essentials within arm's reach and out of the sun while you're in it. It's the ultimate in lounge-level shade. If you're tired of overheated cell phones, warm, ant-filled, sand-covered drinks, order yours today for only $24.99. Shade Pop is lightweight, compact, and fits nicely in your beach bag. Go to shadepop.com right now, order up, and don't forget, shipping is free. And welcome back to the Inside Tailgating Podcast. Ryan Alessio now joined by Dan Coulter, NHL expert and Magic the Gathering enthusiast. 
And uh, we're going to talk some NHL hockey, some playoffs right now, and then later on, we're going to talk about the phenomenon that is Magic the Gathering and how it can actually relate to tailgating because uh, it's one of those card games where booze is sometimes necessary when playing. So we're going to do that. Uh, but first, Dan, NHL playoffs going on here, and we're both Penguin fans, so that's that's fine. I openly root for my teams on this because why not? Absolutely. And before we talk about the West, because as of us recording this, there is a Game 7 tonight. But as of right now, we got the Penguins going up against the Lightning for the right yeah. to go to the Stanley Cup. And it actually might be a little bit more maybe close or intense It's, it's going to be a think. great series. It really is. Um, Tampa Bay is fast. They have a lot of speed up front. They have the depth is a question. Their uh, their their third line is not really the best. Um, it's more of a slow defensive line. It's got Brian Boyle on it, who is, I mean, dude's physical, but you know he skates like a tree. So uh, I think it's going to be a great series. Uh, the Penn speed is going to match up really well with the Lightning speed, and we're just going to see. I think it's going to come down to goaltending, really, and the uh, phenomenon that is Matt Murray. <laughs> well, you know what the problem is, is he is very good, but that Bishop guy they have in Tampa Bay doesn't suck. Right, right. So, uh, I think he was a Vezina nominee this year. Yeah, he I was. Know, that's true. And, you know, if you look at the Lightning, they're missing Stamkos. There's an outside shot he might play. Right. Uh, but, you know, they still have a – I think they're going to get back one of their good defensemen here pretty soon. Yeah, too. Anton Strawman skating. Uh, I think he's coming. If he does – if he's not back for tomorrow's game, which I don't know when you're airing this, but tomorrow will be Friday uh, the 13th. And if he's not back tomorrow, I expect him back certainly on Monday because they gave him a two-day break between uh, between games one and two. So, yeah, he's going to help their defense a lot. They got uh, they have former Flyers, Matt Carl, and uh, who's the other – Flyers defenseman on their team. Oh, they, uh, well, well, you know, irrelevant. I don't try to remember Flyer players, so. No, I don't either. I just remember them from the playoffs. They're not really that great. Um, the Braden Coburn, that's who it was. They're, they're competent defensemen. I wouldn't call them great. Victor Hedman is a great defenseman. Anton Strollman is a great slash pretty good defenseman. So, uh, you know, the Pens forwards, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah, I, I mean, you got good defensemen they can put against Crosby or uh, Malkin or even Benino at this point. So that should yeah. be a pretty entertaining matchup there. I, I I guess it doesn't have necessarily the exciting storyline that Washington did because it's Ovechkin versus Crosby. But I, if memory serves correct, the last time we played the Lightning in the playoffs, weren't we up three games to one and lost the series? Oh, it was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. that was the year. That was the year that Crosby and Malkin were both injured, and we <laughs> we tried to run without our two top uh, centers, and um, they pulled out to a three-one lead. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, and then they gave it up. It was it was heartbreaking to say the least, uh, especially because that team who actually the Penguins uh, nobody expected them to do anything without Crosby and Malkin. And, uh, and to see them go out to a 3-1 lead like that and then blow it was, uh, it was real disaster for me. <laughs> well, you know what? Everybody was laughing at me because uh, I, I was watching overtime in a bar Tuesday night. And they didn't understand why I was so stressed out. I said, you don't get it. The Penguins, for whatever reason, I've seen them do it more than once. When they go up 3-1, they'll do this interesting thing where they just think they won the series. But they didn't. And then they lose it. I've seen them do it to the Rangers. I've seen them do it to, like we just mentioned, the Lightning. So I yeah. kind of had that fear that if they didn't close out Washington game six, we might have saw the same thing. So I'm glad that didn't happen again. That was getting annoying. Absolutely. You know, I think under under Mike Sullivan, I feel like they had that killer instinct a little more. And I really think uh, I think losing game five was more the Capitals – trying harder than the penguins so it was more the capitals desperation than it was the penguins not really trying you know but they they did lose that game it was a close game um 
But uh, yeah, game six, you know, it was nice to see him come out and actually put forth the effort in overtime, unlike the previous overtime where they got slaughtered. Yeah, that was uh, no good. Uh, although there, there are some things they probably would want to clean up. I think they got a more than a couple delay a game penalties and they did a couple boneheaded things. And you yeah, know. The, you know what? I don't even that the, the delay game stuff. I mean, I, that'll never happen again. I've never you seen say that. that. I will. I will never see that again, ever. All right. As long as you say so, I'll believe you. So, so I'm still, you know, I'm looking at this, and I, I really thought the Capitals were going to be the biggest problem in the East. And now that they're gone, you know, I, I don't want, if you're a Penguins fan, and I know what happens, you know, you get a little happy about yourself, and the team gets a little excited, because you did beat the Capitals, who had, what, 2,000 points this, this year, or something yeah, like that? Winner for sure. Yeah, like by a mile. So... I just I don't want them to go in there and take Tampa Bay lightly because Tampa Bay has had some success uh, the last few years. And I just hope they don't go in there and kind of feel like they're just going to waltz into the cup. So any you know, Tampa Bay, they made the conference finals last year and they did they go to Stanley Cup last year, too. I, I think, think they, they were did. Stanley Cup. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something that's something Mike Sullivan's really going to have to address, like getting the team ready to play. That's his job. Like he's got to get them pumped up. I understand like it's a weird setup. So the way they got the the bracket set up now, yeah, we ended up playing Washington in the second round. That is normally any other year before they change the playoffs, you know, format. That's a that's the conference finals right there. It's Washington and Pittsburgh. But they changed the format, you play Washington in the second round, and now you get to go play Tampa Bay. It's, you know, they're coming out of a weaker division, let's be honest about it. Um but you know, they're still a really good team. Like I said, Stanley Cup finals uh last year was, I think. So, you know, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a good series. And I wouldn't I would expect it to go six or seven. Um I've seen some people picking the pens in five. I think that's a mistake. I said six um, was more. Yeah, I six or seven. Six or seven. I, I think it's gonna go seven to be honest. And if, if Stamkos comes back, uh, I don't even know. All bets are off. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just maybe, you know, let's just maybe he he's just not ready. Yeah, be. you know, well, well the thing is he's on he's on blood thinners. Dude's got a blood clot. He had the same thing Pascal Dupuis had. And so he, there, he said, I was reading today, there's no timetable to get him off blood thinners. Well, if so, you're on blood thinners, you they, can't play. That's Chris Bosch right, exactly, can't play. Exactly. Like you said, what's his name? I had to retire. Yeah, yeah. And Dupuis, so, uh, so, you know, if he, if he, you know, maybe in game three, he's, maybe they're just not telling you what the schedule is. Maybe they do have a schedule. Maybe he comes off his blood thinners. He's ready to go game three. I know the guy's skating, so he's staying in shape. He's going to be ready to go as soon as the doctor's telling him he can. If he comes back early in this series... I don't know, man. It's going to be rough. Well, the thing is, this series is actually stretched out because I'm looking at it right now. And you've got game one Friday tomorrow, May yeah. 13th or whenever. And then you wait two days. You know, then you're off all week, which this is this was a great schedule right here. Let's not put them on Sunday on primetime. Let's put them on Monday <laughs> at 8. And then, I uh, question the NHL's scheduling abilities. I really do. I question it. Yeah, it's so, – yeah, I don't yeah, know they if skip they – the weekend, and then they're going every other day, but – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to like get away from the NBA playoffs because there there won't be anything probably Monday in the NBA. So you got Wednesday, May eighteenth is Game Three. Friday, May twentieth, Game Four, and then once you get past the twentieth, who the hell knows? Really, right? He could right. be back. That's that's a long, t- you know. And the other guy they got coming back is JT Miller, who's also a, a very good player too. So. So there's the East. That should be fun and exciting. And if you look at the West, as of right now, the St. Louis Blues, who went into Dallas and just said, have this. Oh, what a brutal loss. That, I mean, that's, done with you. that's reminiscent of what the Penguins did to the Capitals in Game 7 back in 09. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that, 8 nothing or something like that? I mean, it was yeah. just... So you got St. Louis, who, God bless them, I'll say this, they, they usually are the poor darlings of the NHL that do so great during the regular season then pee down their legs in the playoffs. Well, they're marching along now, and they're waiting for this San Jose-Nashville, and I swear, it's so funny to say those two cities when you're talking hockey. Like, who are you waiting for, St. Louis? Nashville. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of snow there. Or San Jose. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, other than James Neal playing for Nashville, I got nothing on this. So, could you tell us something about maybe this Game 7 tonight? Uh, game 7 tonight is basically, you know what? Joe Pavelski on the San Jose Sharks has just been lighting up. Dude's a I'm sorry. Dude's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really think, uh, you know, I think San Jose is probably going to win. Um Nashville has a better goalie, but San Jose just has the depth uh, on defense and offense, and I don't think I don't think Nashville can match them. I mean, it's it's been close so far, and you never know what's going to happen in Game Seven. You know, maybe you get some lucky bounces. Nashville pulls ahead; they might go ahead three nothing and win the game. You know, but but I really think San Jose is going to pull it out. Yeah, I, I will say this: I'm, it's not like I'm rooting for either of these teams, but I am oddly like I find myself when I'm watching Nashville pulling for them. I have no clue why. At all, except for whatever I think reason, it's the yellow jerseys. I think, I think it is. The <laughs> it, they look cool, and for whatever reason, their crowds are always really hot. So they come in there, and the place is just electric. Cause it's Nashville. If you don't like country music, there's nothing to do. So you have to like, you got to like watch hockey, and, I, and they don't really have what any other professional teams. I mean, you got Tennessee Titans. I don't know where they exactly play these days, but I don't think it's in Nashville anymore. And right. you know. That's it. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies might play there, but there's they stink. Uh, they had a lot of injuries and didn't do nothing in the playoffs. They had to play the Spurs. That was it. That was just a shame. And I guess if you're in Nashville, the Predators are the way to go. So yeah, the that. Nashville crowd is really great. Uh, you know, I've never I've never been down there for a game, but I know some people that have been, and they said it's amazing. They have uh, I think it's Broadway. The, I mean, the the arena is apparently right downtown. There's a ton of like restaurants and bars and stuff and the place is packed before and after the game and the crowds are just you know they're probably drunk (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean they may be a hockey crowd that isn't drunk and uh can i tell you let me tell you a story about nashville they have so they've co-opted the uh the detroit red wings octopus you know they they used to throw the octopus on the ice so this playoffs people have been bringing catfish into the arena and throwing catfish on the ice and i actually saw on on some form of social media i think it was twitter some guy posted a picture Dude, like, he had packing tape, and he strapped a, a giant catfish to his back. And it was this, It went from his neck to, like, the bottom of his back. It was the biggest catfish I've ever seen. And he put on a big shirt and went in like that. I mean, they're crazy down there. This is southern guys, man. What is the what, what is the catfish mean? I know what the octopus thing was. Like, there's history behind that with how many games you had to win to win the thing. Like, is it, yeah, or is yeah, it yeah. just, I the, mean. The catfish, I, I honestly have no idea. I think they just like catfish. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't get what the, it tastes like. It, it tastes like creek water. I just, I don't know what the obsession is with catfish. I think it's not that good. I don't know. I'll agree with you on that. I, I've eaten catfish maybe twice in my life, and I did not like it. Yeah, I, I did it once, and I was like, I don't know about this. And then I thought maybe I just got bad catfish, and I had it again, and I went, oh, that's right. These things, like, suck the bottom of the the river, and now they yeah. taste like pollution. So I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the three-eyed thing out of the three-eyed fish out of the Simpsons. Yeah, that's here, fry this up. No, I'm good. I'll just go get me some nice, I don't know, salmon, tuna. Well, you don't like any fish, so it don't matter. 
All right. Uh, well, real quick, how about this? If the Penguins were lucky enough to beat Tampa Bay, would you have a preference on who they could play of the three teams left in the West? Is there somebody that you're like, man, if this team made it, let's get ready to go celebrate downtown? You know what? It's it's I, I honestly I don't want to see St. Louis. Um, but the that saying that if Nashville or San Jose beats St. Louis in the conference finals. To be honest, I don't really want to see them either because if you beat St. Louis, you played a hell of a series. Yeah, that's true. You know? um, St. Louis, like Bacchus, is always a pain. I mean, he's in Crosby's grill all the time. He's going to row Malkin up. He's going to row, you know, Latang up. I just, you know, and Tarasenko. I, I having I don't get to watch the West a lot, but in the playoffs, this playoffs, I've been watching him. And Tarasenko, uh, for my money, is as good as Evgeny Malkin. Dude is is an absolute beast. He's strong on the puck. He's good defensively. Amazing shot. Amazing hands. Amazing vision. Great passer. Um, I don't want to see him, and I don't want to see David Backus. Uh, Petrangelo, Shattenkirk, their defensemen, um, they have a lot of really good mobile defensemen. I think it would be a good series. Uh, I don't know if the Pens can beat them. Um, but, you know, I would, I would actually like to see Nashville just so I can see James Neal again. <laughs> good memories with the old real deal James Neal. That's yeah, bad. yeah, and because you know he's going to do something dirty and terrible, and everyone's going to get mad about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, like the last series with Orpic. Boy, right, that, that right. was the most awkward handshake I've ever seen in the line when <laughs> <laughs> they went by yeah. each other, and it's like, oh, I know you want to punch this dude, but you know, whatever. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Magic: The Gathering because it's become this phenomenon of card playing and hell you can drink while you do it so why not hey quick quick note i'm i wanted, meant to say jt brown for the lightning i don't know i don't want anyone to like mess up my cred i said jt miller i meant jt brown j okay Sorry. <laughs> that's all right i think we'll be all right we'll be back it's inside tailgating have you ever thought to yourself, man, it would be really nice to bring my TV to my tailgate? Well, now you can. The tailgate TV stand provides an easy way to mount your TV onto any vehicle with a receiver hitch. It also offers full 360-degree rotation to allow for access to gear and grub. Plus, it also allows you to adjust the view to avoid unbearable glare from the sun. Get yours today at tailgatetvstand.com. We're about to get it in. Inside Tailgating podcast brought to you by the American Cornhole League. Ryan Alessio with NHL expert Dan Coulter, who is also a big Magic the Gathering enthusiast, which is a card game. Uh, I guess it's, does it fall under the category of the World of Warcraft? or No, where, no uh, I, I would call know. it a trading card game. That's it's a that's the industry term for it, TCG. Uh, and that encompasses many trading card games, including things like Pokemon, which in my life, Magic the Gathering often gets compared to because people like my wife, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my... <laughs> anyway, they all say, well, you're going to play Pokemon. And I say, no, it's not Pokemon. <laughs> that sounds anyway. bad. Yeah. yeah, that sounds bad. And you know what? It's actually, I don't know anything about Pokemon. It might actually be like Magic the Gathering. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter, right. 
you don't want to really be associated probably with Pokemon, but so you play this game. Uh, a, a large group of people play this game. They have uh, tournaments. They got big, huge. I know gatherings is the word, and they. But that's what it is. You, you all go. get together yeah. and you you do this. So, how did this get so damn big? Um, you know, there's actually there is a professional league too. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, Magic came out in '93, um, and back then it was it was very small. I mean. It's a bit, it's really funny because Magic essentially splits like the pre-internet and post-internet phase. Uh, and pre-internet, it was it, it was popular, but it wasn't huge. And then once the internet started picking up speed and everyone started you know getting online, all of a sudden it became this big thing. And and the the money that people drop into Magic: The Gathering these days is just insane. Like I literally can't believe it. I I recently got back into it, so I've been in and out of it uh, since uh, what sixth grade or no seventh grade which I think was like 95, 96, maybe. So it was like three, four years after they introduced it. Um, and really, I don't, I, the appeal is, I don't know, it's twofold. But you get people when you're young because of the cards. The art on the cards is what draws people in when they're young. And that's what got me. It's uh, it's a really like fantasy oriented art, dragons, wizards, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and that's what drew me in when I was young. And now that I'm older, you know, I still enjoy playing, but now it's more strategy. It's more, uh, you know, the rules of the game, that kind of stuff. So um, I think it appeals to a broad audience mainly because it's a fantasy based game, but it's also a very balanced and fun game to play. And it's something to do with your friends when you're drinking, which now that I'm post 21 is something I do on a regular basis is drink and do stuff with my friends. Yeah. I, uh, I saw probably one of the most epic, you know, flip outs ever after a magic game. Uh, I flipped the table. You that did. happened. You did. And then you kicked our buddy Moe's uh, space eater and his most of his other stuff, too. So I, I can I see where I remember that part. But... Well, that's all right. That's because you <laughs> had to go night night after that. <laughs> <That's why. laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it does it can happen. Be frustrating. It can be frustrating at times because uh, that's one. That's another aspect of it is luck of the draw. You know, you got to you got to be you have to draw the right cards to win the game. And if you don't, it can be frustrating. And that's why I flip most table. And that's why I kicked the space. Eater. <laughs> and, that, and then that's why you got put to sleep afterwards because you were mm-hmm. you were destroying his property. But that's exactly. but I think that's you know that shows you that you know it's it's competitive if, if anything right. else if you're breaking breaking shit over magic you, something went wrong and that but, brings me to my next point which is uh we wanted to talk about drinks that you can drink while you're playing magic the gathering uh don't drink a lot of whiskey no <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna say uh you should actually probably stay off hard liquor altogether if you're playing magic the gathering uh it involves a lot of thinking and you have to keep track of a lot of different things so you're not going to want to drink a lot of whiskey or a lot of gin or a lot of any type of hard liquor that's going to put you in a state that you cannot actually function and remember the rules and stuff that you have to remember. So um, that being said, I think my my perfect drink for magic would probably be beer. And if I had to pick a beer, I would say magic hat number nine. Oh, right? I like that tie in. That's fantastic right there. Do it. That is good. That's good stuff right there. And you you also mentioned, you know, these cards are expensive at times. What is it like different cards represent a different ability? And if they're the better the card, the more they cost. That's that's exactly right. Um, Good for me. Without without uh, without getting too much into the the meat of what magic is, there's there's a couple different formats. So magic's been around since 93. Um, 
and there's only one format of game. And so they have tournaments dedicated. It's called, uh, what is it? Vintage, I think, or Legacy. I don't play it. Uh, but it basically lets you play with every single card that was ever created ever. Right? Yeah. And so what happens is the cards that were created back in 93 and 94 and 95, there's not a lot of those around anymore. And so they're very, very scarce. And, and the ones that are really good, uh, you know, it's supply and demand. People want to have them and there's not a whole lot of them around. And so you're talking about cards that are worth like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah. Insane insane. It's insanity. People um, buy these things? Yeah, there's there's a market for it. Uh, you know, a lot of it's I mean, people get them professionally graded. I mean, imagine how so one of the one of the quote unquote the best card in magic is Black Lotus, right? I'm not gonna go into what it does. But essentially, it's like having like a Mickey Mantle rookie card or a signed Babe Ruth baseball. You know, um, it's very rare and everybody wants it. And so the people, you know, I mean, the people that do want it are willing to pay enormous amounts of money for it. And so there's a market for uh, extremely high value cards, uh, you know, in the, in, in the Magic the Gathering uh, economy, as they say. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's intense right there. <laughs> Usually, uh, twenty grand, man. If you're dropping twenty grand on a magic card, God bless you. You did something right. I yeah, think. you know what? I d- I never really used to even buy cards um, until just I recently got back into it. One of our other friend, um, he's a big magic guy. Uh, we went to uh, one of the Grand Prix tournaments in Pittsburgh just last year, and I had to put uh, like a, a deck together that was in the format because I didn't have anything for the format that in my collection. And so I bought a bunch of cards and, um, you know, I dropped probably, I want to say about three fifty four hundred dollars uh, on putting a deck together for that Grand Prix in Pittsburgh. And it, it was a lot of fun. And that's that's actually really on the low side of uh, of how much you would pay to put together a deck for a tournament like that. I mean, I know a lot of people are paying upwards of fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred, um, you know, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars, depending on the deck you're trying to put together. So uh, there's a lot of money in it. It's it's a big uh, it's a big market and a lot of people are playing. Well, you mentioned that you can go and play these different tournaments and everything like that, and there are people there with two, three, four grand in cards, and it's it's a huge event, and it kind of alludes back to you know we we do some different things with tailgating here. We've had articles with people tailgating at funerals and everything else. So when when you what is the how do these big tournaments work? Do you got to register? Do you got to play like uh, different players? You got to advance through different levels? Like how does this go? Yeah, I mean basically, uh, if you're talking about a Grand Prix, um, essentially it lasts all weekend, and so they they open up on Friday. There's no there's no matches scheduled for Friday, but you can go in on a Friday. Um, they have vendors set up that kind of stuff. And then um, Saturday is when the matches start for everyone that's registered. You go in and um, I mean, they had it at the convention center in Pittsburgh, which, you know, is huge uh, inside. There was uh, I, I want to say they had did they have 3000 players. Jeez. And that that's just the players. That's just that's not including people that just show up to go hang out. And Can you drink at these things? Is working. there like a gallery or like people? There watching is you? not. You can't drink inside. Um, I've never tailgated a Grand Prix, but I think you could. Can we? I think well, you can't do it in Pittsburgh because the convention center doesn't really have a parking lot. Well, I'll go. You know, we'll get it. We'll get something done. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can go. I think there's. Uh, they usually have one in Columbus, and I'm pretty sure they have a parking lot. Oh yeah, so you can go nuts I think down it's there. possible to to tailgate a Grand Prix, and I actually would like to try that at some point. Um, it wouldn't be one that I was playing in because I would not like to get drunk and then go play. Uh, however many it is, like twelve matches of Magic. Um, 
which is, let me tell you something. I went to that Grand Prix. We got there at eight o'clock in the morning. We got home at nine thirty at night. Oh my God. It's, it was, it's literally an entire day and that's not including Sunday, neither of us. So if you win enough matches on Saturday, you get to go, you get to make quote unquote, make Sunday. Um, and you get to go play on Sunday and neither of, of me nor Fred, the guy that went, um, we didn't make Sunday. So that was the only day we played. <laughs> and it was, I tell you what, after that, I was wiped out. I went home. I had one glass of whiskey, passed out, and didn't wake up until like 11.30 the next day. Oh, yeah, you were probably just toast. I believe that. All right, I got I got a question for you here. This one's yeah. out of left field. Uh, what is worse, uh, you at 33 and our other friends at 30s, whatever, playing Magic, or me in my 30s still following wrestling and Godzilla like it's real? Uh, well... If you were going to, if you were going to, like develop a scale for nerd what do you think well, would tip the scales more what i do or what you guys do because I, I we're all nerds it doesn't matter necessarily what we're doing we we have big time nerd tendencies between all of us so it's like it's like you know how when you look at somebody and they go oh what are you doing tonight and and you're like well me and my friends are going to get together and play magic the gathering <laughs> They give you that look like, what? Like, it's the same thing I get. It's like, hey, did you see the new trailer for the new Godzilla coming out in July in Japan? And by the way, it looks excellent, by the way. But that aside, or saying, oh, I got to get home in time to watch Monday Night Raw. And they're like, but you're 34 almost. And I'm like, you're right. So, I, you know. Or or more likely, they say, hey, you know wrestling's fake. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite I know that, idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think everybody's known that. Did you know that most everything? I can't. I'll start losing. (laughs) It's like the most ridiculous thing. Oh, you know it's fake. Oh, no, no crap. I totally still thought it was real until this day. You just ruined my life. Unbelievable. So um, I don't know. Let me, let me say this about your original question. Um, there is a professional Magic the Gathering league, and you can make a lot of money uh, playing on it. And you can make money playing uh, tournaments like I did, like that Grand Prix. I think the grand prize was uh, $10,000. Oh, it's not bad. So there's money to be made there. Um, I don't know if you can make money watching wrestling and Godzilla movies. I could write for I you used could. to write for a wrestling money. site. You could make money writing about yes. wrestling and Godzilla movies. I wasn't getting paid, but I was right. writing for a wrestling site. And then I quit because I was like, well, I'm not but getting paid. I, you know what? To be honest, you know, I'm going to call it a draw because the odds of you – uh, making ten thousand dollars writing about wrestling, and the odds of me winning a grand prix are probably the same. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. <laughs> All right, so you said your best drinking beer for Magic is Magic Hat Number Nine. And do you have another Absolutely. couple beers maybe that you like when you're playing your Magic? Um, other than that, it's pretty much anything I have at hand. <laughs> Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like we I love all the guests we have on this uh, podcast. They're great. But there are some really fancy drinkers that tell me about all these fancy drinks and how they make them and this and that. And and they sound delicious. And then I I open the fridge and I got Miller Lite and I go, it's going to get me to the same place. I mean, it's it you might... know what? when you talk about talking about drinks like, you know, I've made some fancy drinks in my life. I, you know, I spent a whole summer drinking Alabama Slammers, which isn't exactly fancy, but you got to buy a lot of stuff to put them together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I from time to time, I'll make, uh, you know, some old fashioned drinks or maybe some fancier drinks. But if you're if you're with a group of friends, you're playing a game, you don't have time to go to the bar, pull out like six different things, measure everything. <laughs> you know, chip off an artisanal cube, ice cube to put in your drink. 
like you just need to dump a bunch of stuff in a glass real quick, grab it and go back to the table, you know? Yeah, so, I, I or agree. Or open a beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, all I got to do is twist this off and we're going to the same place. Trust me. Right. It'll all work. Well, hey, Dan, thank you for joining us to talk hockey and Magic the Gathering. You're very welcome. I, I thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been the Inside Tailgating Podcast. We will talk to you next week. We're about to get it in. Oh,